When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Unbelievable! possibly bleak as this. Welcome everybody to another episode of Chessie Hour. Um, they always do this on Thursdays. I had no time to prepare. None of us really know what to say because it's like we're experts on football, but it's a whole lot of political bullshit going on. It's been the craziest day in Chessie history um, or Chelsea history. And I'm joined with three guys and we're going to try and make sense of it or just give at least our opinion. So I want to go first to Tim. So we've got Tim. So what are you saying, bro? I'm just frazzled. There's too much going on to keep track of, but I'm good. How you doing, Dan? I'm t- I don't even know how to... I don't know what emotion I'm feeling. Shemi, what are you saying, bro? I'm all right. I'm you're all right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm all right. Because you're like... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Life doesn't have to be that type of football, but when it comes down to I mean. it, it's true. But at the same time, my phone, my notification was just going off. Ping, ping, ping. I was in meetings. Ping, 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 ping. Because people know me as the Chelsea guy. And we've got another a future Chelsea star. I heard him on the spaces, um, probably like five minutes, but I was thinking he's got what I like in terms of he's not just being obnoxious. He's got he's actually got some good, unique takes, but also confident speaker and just a little bit of personality too. too. So we, I decided to get him on and I didn't know at that point that this was going to be such a big Chelsea Hour episode. So he's almost snuck in because he really shouldn't be on. But we you saying trills? We've got trills on. I'm here, man. Delighted to make the debut. Cool. Um, and then how... All right, let's get into it. So obviously, for context sake, even though none of you need context, uh, I woke up this morning, I swear, I don't know, it, it wasn't even early, early morning. I remember I was doing something at work and then I saw something come through and it said Roman Abramovich. I, ju- I just vaguely saw Roman Abramovich and he might have to do this. And for some reason, I thought, this is important. Let me stop my work, my actual day job, and let me read the shit. And so I read it and I was thinking, it's calm. Because I think at that point, it didn't say anything about, and then next minute, I'm just seeing all this, he's been sanctioned, we can't, the, 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 the club shop had to shut down. And I didn't know what it me- meant. So at first I was thinking, actually, this might be a good thing because it means that, because they said, we can't sell tickets. So I was thinking, if we can't sell tickets, Roman can't sell Chelsea. So I don't know, there's a, there was a myriad of things in terms of how, kind of how it unfolded. But first, the first thing I want to get into, and I'm going to get Shemi and Timpson um, first, maybe Timpson, I'll come to you. Um, all right, let me get your opinion on essentially what's happened. Just give me your opinion and how you've made sense of it. Well, I see it as um, indirect pressure from the UK government to um, apply, to kind of stick it to Roman's supposed inner circle and enablers and 
in regards to the impact on Chelsea, um, I can't imagine this kind of making Roman Abramovich call up Vladimir Putin and go, is this war, is this war right? Like, I'm in trouble here, even though they're applying it to a few um, oligarchs, um, apparently, but I haven't heard too much about the Bournemouth owner because he's a Russian oligarch. Is he Russian maybe, too? Yep, maybe it's because hey. they don't have a Champions League to their name, but I haven't really hey. heard them um, as, as closely mentioned like Chelsea oh, well, have. Listen, Chelsea are a media machine. We're going to put smoke on that too, because if we're going to suffer, all of them Russians have to suffer. All of them Russian owners have to suffer. All right, cool. Tips, and that was kind of how you made sense of it. Shemi, sometimes I feel like I like the way you your attitude towards football. You enjoy it, but you don't let it consume you. So how did this affect you? Is, are you one of them people that's like, you know what, my life will go on anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm rooted in Christ. So no matter what, I'm good. How, you, how do you feel about this? Uh, last night has finished me. Anyway, <laughs> um, to be honest, I was, I was just kind of letting it go by. You know, I, I just keep a level here regarding everything but then yeah, yeah. when you're getting back into the office and everyone's asking you questions you've really yeah. got no choice but to kind of look into it and um i guess the nature of my day job um kind of um made me go into um the route i did in terms of researching and um as i put in the group chat um, so obviously the 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 sec the head of the department for sport culture and media mm-hmm. um so in other words dcms is a, it's a government department um her name is nadine doris and what she basically said is that um they're, they're going to try and um make sure that Chelsea are not unnecessarily harmed mm-hmm. um obviously everyone said that they everyone knows that we've been granted a license to continue with like you know playing games and fulfilling the obligation we already have um but yeah what she's effectively said is that yeah we're gonna pam Abramovich but at the same time we're gonna try hard to kind of not basically have Chelsea basically folded if that makes sense you know but you know um, what they, they said unnecessarily harm so that that means that we're going to harm you but you know what i'm saying and i don't know what that threshold is yeah so so how i how i how i personally int- interpret that is that um obviously she's kind of come from a point of view of chelsea is a, is a is a is a lifestyle for millions of people um in the uk and around the world and essentially um they're not trying to take that away from you know many people if that makes sense um knowing that it's a culture it's a lifestyle um but as far as they can go that doesn't kind of um do harm harm the fans they will go they're already um, they're already harming me they're already harming me and yeah you know for real for real but i think what i mean what what i mean by that is essentially obviously there's been a lot of um you know banter or a lot of like fear in, in terms of our oh, chelsea could be folded chelsea could not exist um soon and i think i don't think that's as far as it will go um but yeah, I think that and they've also said obviously they, they will allow Chelsea to sell the club kind of as long as Abramovich doesn't we'll get, get the profits we'll get from it. So I think when they're, they're gonna Chelsea and the government are gonna try and work together to find a way to kind of move past this without Abramovich profiting essentially. All right, okay, cool. So, I'm gonna come to yeah. Trills and then I'm gonna ask the question um next and we'll see what that question is. Trills, give me yeah. your take. You hear the news, how do you feel? Give me the emotion of how you feel first. And then next, just how you understand it. So the emotion, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always a positive Chelsea fan, like yeah. because I know the I know what the media is always trying to do, and mm-hmm. you know there's so many examples of when the media just tried to you know use these fear mongering uh, tactics against us. So I was always level headed. Yeah. I knew nothing major like 
was going to happen in general. I was very level-headed. I read the correct sources, the ones that were spewing out pure facts and not just think clickbait um, headlines. Okay. All right. So, so you say you're level-headed and nothing big has happened. Something massive has happened. I don't know. I don't know where yeah. you know I'm saying this, this is massive when it comes down yeah. to it, uh, people are being laid off people at mm. Chelsea because essentially we're not bringing as much money in. Yes. We're getting broadcast um, money. I think that's like one of the only revenue sources now and the, the season yeah. tickets and stuff like that. But obviously there's a lot of money being, you know, shelled out as a club. And what mm. it means is we are being affected. This is a massive thing. So it's not even about being level-headed. I get you. There are clickbait headlines. So I'm going to come and just ask. When it comes I'll tell you why I was okay, level-headed. Yeah, go ahead. Because that's I wanted to answer in two parts because you asked me two questions. So cool. that was the first part. The second part, why I was level-headed, is because I understood why the government has done exactly what they have. Mm -hmm. Abramovich wanted the time to carefully select his future Chelsea owner or, mm -hmm. or you know, in that way. Now, mm -hmm. the government saw it from... This guy's a billionaire that's always looking to do what he wants. Maybe he's going to ask someone to buy it who he's closely related to. Like the news just came out, the Turkish owners are furious because they thought they would have had Chelsea signed and done dealed by next week. And they already had the paperwork done. Mm -hmm. It's just come out now that the UK government, only reason why they want to oversee the sale is because they want to make sure Abramovich doesn't even try and pinch a penny from the sale. Yeah. So with everything they're doing, they want to just force the sale to happen quickly and under their rules. I hear, I hear that. But when you say that, stuff, nothing massive and level-headed. That's massive. The fact mm. that we can't, when it when it comes down to it, if Roman is picking who is the successor, that's mm. Ro Roman's going to try to put us. We've seen how Roman acts. He's trying to going to try and give us to the best custodian possible. If it's mm. the the government that's making that's influencing the decision, then it might not go to the person that's actually the best custodian might just go to the person that fits the fact that they're American they're not from like Turkey or wherever they're American and so when it comes down to it, that shit is massive so the next question I just want to open a debate for is um are all do all of you think at this point uh essentially F Roman and let's try and get Chelsea to another another guy uh I will start with you Shemi yeah, yeah yeah I think I think that's the best kind of um obviously that's the best outcome from the situation. But um, obviously the, the government have kind of said that um, for now, obviously the, the, the club can't be sold. Um, but then I think that it, obviously it's going to depend on um, if it's on their terms, I think they're willing to kind of negotiate it. So I think eventually the government, it will be on their terms. But yeah, I think um, the best kind of um, outcome for this is, is somehow we get sold um, and kind of just cut ties away from Abramovich because um, ultimately that's what's going to, allow Chelsea to move forward um, in the short term of course it's not it's not great at all mm. um, and there's nothing really positive to kind of say for the here and now and probably for the remainder of the season to be very honest but I think um, in the long term um, obviously the the license the licensing thing expires in May um, so I think from between here and there the government and Chelsea are going to do um, quite a lot of negotiations to try and broaden kind of the scope as much as possible to try and allow Chelsea to operate in that. as normal way as possible. Um, but yeah, for the short term, it's um, very much not good. It's, it's, it's kind of terrible. And um, there is reason to be kind of panicky a little bit, but um, I think in the long term, um, I think they will kind of work something out. And I think um, the government will be willing to kind of do something as long as it's on their terms, which, you know, yeah, it's not great for us. But um, if we if we want to kind of survive and, you know, 
be the, continue being a great club we are. But after to hold that. At the end of the day, Abramovich, the consequences for him having the ties that he has. So um, that's just the facts of the matter. He's not the only one that has ties with Q Timpson. Timpson, um, so Roman, obviously, he essentially wants to give it away anyway. So, and, and the reason why is because he kind of anticipate this type, um, this type of stuff happening. So in terms of how, how do you look at Roman now? Um, does, has this kind of changed your kind of thoughts towards Roman? No, not at all. Um, for me, um, I didn't know too much about his kind of Russian tie. Well, obviously, I knew he was Russian. Didn't know he was half Ukrainian um, on his mum's side. Um, but what I do know, I, it hasn't really changed too much. Obviously, I knew he had ties to Putin. Um, it's very, it's very, it's still hard to gauge how close those ties are, um, to be honest, like in terms of like recently. So, I still see him as the guy who kind of saved and uh, transformed my football club because um, that's what I remember. Um, I remember him and his sons like literally going mad when Petr Cech saved the penalty mm-hmm. in the Champions League final in 2012. So it hasn't changed too much to it. But um, someone on Twitter said uh, this whole kind of situation with the government and Abramovich and the sanctions, it feels like more time, energy and taxpayer money has been sunk into getting a notorious oligarch than actually directly helping the Ukrainian people um, in the multitude of ways that we can. It's grandstanding at its finest. Um, that's an interesting take. But um, uh, interesting thing, an interesting thought um, that's come into my mind recently, mm-hmm. would the government be so heavy-handed in regards to Chelsea specifically um, if this was um, a couple of years ago when um, Roman was using his was using Chelsea as an asset to kind of give key workers a place to stay and um, opening up the restaurants so key workers could have a place to eat for free, um, and they would and and the and the British economy was def, was um, directly benefiting from Chelsea being an asset. Would Chelsea specifically be um, so unduly uh, negatively impacted by these sanctions on Roman Abramovich? Maybe I'm not. not people sure. have short, yeah, people have short memories. That kind of created good emotion at the time, but that kind of expires quickly. But I want to know from you, Charles, because like mm. you said, you understand what the government was doing, so you're level-headed. I, I respect that. Um, has this changed um, your your opinion of Roman? No, I, I can see what the government is doing, and it's, you know, to, to the naked eye, it's very foul. You know, Roman Abramovich already promised that he was not even going to take home a penny from the cell and the money that was owed to him, they can keep it. He said, you know what? I don't want to ruin this club. I'll wash my hands of it. You know, keep everything, keep it going. 20 years, I've poured my heart into this club. I love you guys. And the government now wants to take that money and they're going to use it. I'm doing air quotes with my fingers. The government will <laughs> use it for what they feel see as right. That's, it's just, it's sneaky. Yeah. That's why I was, that was very sneaky. Perfect. It's perfect. All right, cool. So in terms of, obviously, maybe you're, you're in different group chats, isn't it? You're probably in more different group chats. Um, how have you kind of seen rivals? Because obviously one of the oh. things is, I'm just trying to forget, how, how have you seen your rivals react? What what type of things have they been saying? And are they right to say, or are they maybe exaggerating? Give, give, me, give me some. Um, we'll start with you again, Charles, then we'll go around. This is why I said I tried to not read into what they share. For example, one of the things that, that was shared into my um, GC mm-hmm. was how Chelsea could face a points dedu- deduction of nine points mm-hmm. and fall into administration. Not going to happen. Um, other things are reported. How do you, like know, now- it, how do you know it won't happen, Charles? 
it, it just won't. Okay. I, I, honestly, it just won't. And okay. I, I told them, I said, we'll bet any money that we're not going to go into an administration because a certain number of things would need to happen. So this is to do with Chelsea being able to pay the players because our wage was 28 million and we have to pay that at the end of this month. Yeah. Which is why it's, it's, it's so clear that they literally just want to force Roman to cut ties with this English club just so Britain can say, yep, we have no ties with Roman Abramovich. We are innocent. All right, what else, what else was your rival saying? They were saying nine points deduction. You don't believe that. What else would they say? Oh, we're going to end up in the championship. They were showing pictures of the of the save the bridge, a picture <laughs> from the old uh, the olden days. Everything you can imagine. Well, so all right, I'm I'm just saying is so all of that you think is bullshit. None of that you think is going to happen. They're yeah. just trying to think about the doomsday scenario. That's exactly everything that was happening. Only doomsday scenarios were being voiced. Um, uh, Timpson. What was it? What, what did you see from the rivals? I just saw a lot of banter. I saw the whole um, Barry uh, Barry Allen meme standing over, kind of standing over the grave, and it was Chelsea Football Club, obviously. You can't give preference. Who's Barry Allen? Who's Barry Allen? Barry Allen is Barry Allen is the Flash, um, and there's this kind of meme of him kind of squatting down, giving the two the two fingers like the old chilling um, over the ops's over the ops's grave kind of thing. It's one of those kind of memes. Yeah. Um, and I saw a lot of people celebrate. I had a couple of group chats message me going, oh, who are you going to support now? And I was yeah. bantering back going, do you know what? I'm just going to be a full-time Chelsea Academy supporter if uh, the senior team don't really do it. Or maybe I'll, I'll pay more attention to the women's team because they're, they're still winning. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of banter. And I just thought, yeah. I saw a lot of clubs um, thinking, yeah, Chelsea are finished. And I just thought to myself, who you support like Aston Villa? Like, what's Chelsea got to do with you? We're not even like London rivals. Like, if you're a West Ham, I could maybe understand it, but you're like not even in the same stratosphere as us um, in regards to kind of football in tears. Yeah, Shemi, what about you? You was at work, right? You was in the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just getting a bunch of like, like questions, particularly from my direct line manager, and just a lot of lows as well, nothing like this and that. But um, yeah, just like similar to Trill, um, I have not been paying attention to what the ops are saying because, um, as you correctly said, they're sharing a lot of um, misinformation that kind of suits their agenda and it suits what they want to happen. Um, so yeah, the only thing I was really paying attention to is to actual official sources. So things like the UK Gov website, if anyone's talking, um, wants to know about what I was referring to, the statement by the DCMS secretary, um, yeah. it's on the Gov website. You just type in gov.uk and type in Chelsea. Jimmy, do you, um, you work in politics? Like, yeah, 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 I do work in politics. So like, oh, this is kind of, this is, this is kind of my bag, isn't it? In terms sense. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like this department is giving out official, and in the statement, um, she talks about protecting the football pyramid, the Premier League, yeah. and um, you know the national game. Um, those are some of the words that I refer to in the quote. Mm -hmm. So um, those are the kind of things that I was paying attention. I was paying attention to what I was saying. And yeah, similar to Timpson, like a lot of these fans were rejoicing as if it's going to directly make the club better. Like you, you spoke about <laughs> Arsenal. You, you spoke about Aston Villa. I'm going to say even clubs like Arsenal. Like even yeah, if we were to go in the mind, Arsenal won't be able to achieve what we've achieved. Yes. They we're able to achieve half of what we've achieved in the last 20 years if we went into the mud. So it's like, just calm down. It's not going to directly change anything in your club. But yeah, so yeah, I was kind of just keeping my eyes away from there and just keeping my eyes on what's legit um, and just trying to infer it for myself. Well, the last thing you said, that's exactly kind of what I wanted to get to. It's funny. It's hilarious to me because here's the thing. We're football fans, right? So if our rivals are doing bad, you have to laugh. And I'm not 
gonna get on to you for that. But what Shemi said is right. It's not gonna change your life. It's not gonna make you win. It's not gonna, United fans, Arsenal fans, I get, because obviously they've once won and now they're not. So I'm seeing United and Arsenal fans saying, who are you taking Kovacic? Like you're not getting Kovacic. It doesn't matter, do you know what I'm saying? You're not getting Kovacic. I just, I don't know. It kind of, Lewis as well, and I'll say this. And, and you know what? We might even have more people that aren't really Chelsea fans listening because of this specific day. Um, and, and kudos if you, want, if you want to listen. But Lewis, like, do you know what it reminded me of? The way Lewis, like, yeah, they've got what they deserve. It was the same kind of aura. Do you know, like when Brexit happened and everyone was like, yeah, we're going to stick it to the foreigners. Like, this is their final comeuppance. This is the power. That's the kind of like essence I was getting from Arsenal and United fans. I'm just, this is like super loser stuff. Uh, there was a lot of, we're going to take your players. Like you said, there was a lot of, um, they're going to go into administrations. They're going to be rivals with Beatties, nine points deductions and all that. I saw one, um, and I, to be fair, I don't think it was a rival. I think it was one of those financial Twitter pages. And he was suggesting, and look, I don't know how true this is, but he was suggesting that, um, you know, like we, we owe 1.5 billion to Roman. They were suggesting that because all of these assets are frozen and he can't make any, that essentially that is going to stick around, which makes it more difficult for us to be bought which means we're not going to be bought and therefore we're going to go into administration. Now, look, here's the thing that can happen, but Lactual says maybe it's doomsday, but it wasn't just the rivals that we have to think of. It's also, I don't know if you guys saw it, but what about the Chelsea players? So there was an um, GFFN and they're like a French kind of media outlet. And apparently this is what they said. They said that an agent of a French speaking, they didn't say French, which is interesting. They said the agents of an, the agent of a francophone Chelsea player messaged them saying, "What does this mean for me? My player was supposed to be sold this summer. They can't keep us here like slaves." So my first thing is, on what that is, they said the agent of a francophone, like a French-speaking player, um, has said that if it's true, Trills, I'll go to you first. Who would you think it is? Oh, Akiyoko. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I'll, I'll be honest. It probably could be someone that doesn't even. That's actually so funny. Someone alone. That's actually so funny because I was instantly thinking of someone in the first team. I didn't yeah. think. I didn't yeah. think of someone that could be alone. Yeah. If someone alone, hey, bro. Didn't you get the message? That's why you're not playing right now. <laughs> All right. So, but who would you, if you were to say someone, Charles? Who would you? Who would you think? Alonso, please God. <laughs> no, 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 I say French speaking. I don't know. If I, I, I'm just guessing. That oh, people... I thought you said the the agent was French speaking. No, he said that there was the agent of a French speaking player. I'll let you come back though, so, Shemi. Who would you think? Even be Kante. Let's let's be real. Nah, the sure. goes to tie down for 2025. Maybe, maybe. I think Bakayoko is a good shout. is a good shout. Do you know what's so interesting? Yeah. The day before, so obviously. It's so crazy. We, I was watching PSG versus Real Madrid yesterday and I was laughing at PSG because obviously they sacked Tuchel and then sold uh, Thiago because they thought Thiago was too old and they obviously didn't think Tuchel was good enough. And then obviously they came to us and we won the Champions League and then we just got, saw them get booted out uh, of the Champions League again yesterday after really and truly it was in their hands. And so I was rejoicing. But uh, obviously today this, this kind of unfolds. But what I saw yesterday was I saw all of a sudden Chelsea trying to rush through Kante's contract. And I was thinking, you've had all of this time. Why are you just getting to Kante now? Now it kind of makes sense. They probably heard word. They're thinking, fuck, we actually need to get these contracts signed. 
But I don't know why they didn't they didn't try to sort out earlier. And and in regards to Kante, I saw a lot of the Kante. Do you see the Kante memes on Twitter? There were so many of yeah. Kante doing different odd jobs. Obviously not Kante, but small black bald guys doing different odd jobs. I don't know what to think about that. But Kante seemed to get a lot of the the meme coverage. I saw him release like say something. Um, maybe like earlier this week about how he's really happy at Chelsea. He wants to stay. Yeah, yeah. No, he's been, like. Yeah, I think even now, I think even now he um looks happy. But Rudiger is alleged. It came out Rudiger apparently, and this is what Sky said. Um, he wants to go now. Um, I think for me on the squad, um, I think anyone that's any of the players that are kind of um on edge about the situation, I think are players that we kind of um semi expected to to leave um, in the summer. Anyway. So someone like. So Rudiger, Chris Jensen, SP, we were sort of 50-50 about whether these players were going to stay regardless. I think mm-hmm. um, those guys especially um, would, would Whoa, Shemi, might make, be on edge. You make a um, great point. So essentially, I don't know if you know, but currently um, Chelsea have the option to extend Azpilicueta's contract. To enforce, do you know that kind of trigger that you have where it's plus one, five years plus one? The thing is, Azpilicueta has been negotiating with Barcelona because Barcelona want to get him on a free. But then, obviously, because they know that Chelsea can extend, Chelsea was saying, we don't like the way you've gone about at Barcelona. And do you, do you remember the Giroud situation where Giroud negotiated with Milan? Because when your contract comes to the final six months, you can talk to anyone. And so Giroud was talking to Milan, but then Chelsea extended, which meant that Milan had to pay some money. Chelsea were essentially going to do the same thing with Azpilicueta. And then obviously, Barcelona wanted to get him on a free. But they, Chelsea were going to scupper it by doing that extension. But now I don't think Chelsea can extend that contract, which means Aspi can leave on a free. I didn't even put that together until you said that, but that's interesting. So if we're cutting yeah. you off, you want to say anything else, I mean? Um, yeah, no, yeah, no, it was, good, it was a good point. But I think, yeah, um, I think some of these players were, were, were actually on their way anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so those three in particular, um, I think... In terms of the squad, I think a lot of us were kind of we 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 want a lot of feeling done anyway. So you know, but it's obviously whether we can get get players on board. Yeah. Um, so that remains to be seen. And I think, um, like I said at the top of the podcast, from everything I've seen from like legit sources, like the news, like the government website, things like that, it's going to be a thing whereby um, as soon as Roman's out of the equation um, and he's been thoroughly pammed, um, then then the government and Chelsea will kind of work together to kind of allow them to operate as normal as possible. Um, but yeah, that's that's gonna take some some time um, between now and and, and and the end of May. So we we'll have to see on that one. I get it. So uh, we'll come to you, Timpson, from the players' point of view, in terms of the response. Obviously, we had to play today, and we'll do a quick roundup of the game. From the players' point of view, we've got people that are towards the end of the contract for this season, but we've also got people that were two years left. Mason Mount, I think Hudson Odoi. So, and these are players that actually people might want to keep. Um, so from the players' point of view, what do you think was going through their minds and what would you be thinking if you was a player at Chelsea right now? If I was a Chelsea player, the first thing I'm thinking is, am I getting paid at the end of the month? And for all intents and purposes, the answer looks to be yes. So that's the thing. With these academy boys with really strong ties to the club, I imagine them, especially the ones with more than 18 months left in their deal, I'd imagine they just um, ride out the storm and see what happens when the dust settles. For these players with a year left, like your Aspies, your um, Antonio Rudigers, 
Um, that's a bit of a sticky situation. Christensen, I don't mention because it sounds like he's already out the door. Yeah. Um, maybe um, even the fringe players, potentially, this means uh, they keep me on, um, like maybe Danny Drinkwater's thinking, maybe they keep me on at a reduced salary just so they can loan me out and make more money off me from uh, loan fees. Bakioko. Oh, okay, if, if it gets sorted. Okay, cool. Go on. Yeah, yeah, Bakioko, like, I feel like even, I feel like he might be getting excited about potentially um, uh, a new contract just so they can loan him out again. But I feel like he's going to be hit with that Jordan Ives situation. Um, and for those that don't know, um, Jordan Ives' contract at Bournemouth, uh, the season they were relegated, ran out um, after they kind of extended the games in Project Restart. And um, they asked, um, what's the winger that ended up at Newcastle now? Uh, the, the ex Bournemouth yeah yeah they, so they asked him to extend his contract and Jordan I was like yo yo do you need me to extend my contract too I'm cool to do that they said no nah, you're good you can just go <laughs> I feel like that's I feel like that's the situation but, that um, let me ask you about this because I know you're a big uh, Hassan Adoy fan so I want you to put your kind of shoes and you don't even have to because you're a fan like that but uh, so you've already got an empathy but Hassan Adoy two years left in his contract not necessarily kind of at this point, he's seeing a lot of people in his age range kind of almost surpass him in terms of reputation, people like Saka, because they're playing regular football. Um, so he's got two years left in his contract. Um, what would you be thinking if you were Hudson Adoy? I know you said weigh it out, but I really want to kind of get some detail in terms of what would kind of your process be in terms of thinking, am I going to sign if they come? Because as soon as obviously Chelsea can, um, sign, they might say, okay, I'm going to put this contract to you. So what would you be thinking, Timson, if, if Chelsea came to, uh, with a contract to answer? A few things. Um, so first of all, I'm going to be thinking, um, well, I'm on a lot of money now. Mm-hmm. Um, can I get more? Can I justifiably ask for more, more money in my, with my current performances? Then I'm sure Big Brother Bradley is going to be looking at um, sounding out interest elsewhere. So I'm definitely going to be looking at um, maybe thinking who who will still want me if worst case scenario the Chelsea situation doesn't work out mm-hmm. so I'm thinking mainly those two things have who, your who, options who, open essentially who who, who 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 would be interested if um, negotiations uh, negotiations break down and um, can I even get can, have has my performances justified me getting more money than I'm on because every player's no, no, like it's only players in their twilights that are looking to just get extensions on the same wage. A player like Hudson Odoi would want more money, but he's already on a sizable. I don't uh, think. Do you know what it is? I'll say this. I'll say this with Hudson Odoi, and Charles, I'll come to you next. But I'll say this. I don't think Hudson Odoi, in terms of how much he's earning, I don't think that's. I don't, I don't even think that's an issue. I think Chelsea can handle that. We have to remember there was no transfer fee with Hudson. I think it is. I think it is. I think it. I think I think it is an issue, um, Dan. To be honest, and I say this because it was a, it, it was money that he wouldn't have gotten um, if he wasn't on the brink of kind of leaving the club. Oh, so what? it was so like it was it, it, it was a it was a it was a it was a move. It was a desperation move to keep him, which is fine. But what I'm saying is, why is it an issue? Like I don't understand why it's an issue. It's not an issue. For I'm not. No, I'm saying. I'm saying. So um, if this was a player with like. Um, if this was a player with two years left, he was playing regularly, um, and there, there wasn't that significant. I don't think he gets that same kind of money. 
if not for the interest out the outward interest in okay aka okay, by okay but let's forget about that so let he's on that that's the spilt milk right so when it comes down to i mean you can't forget that he's on that because no 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 wait 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 i'm just saying let, let's forget about the fact that i'm saying it's spilt milk that he signed it so what kind of happened we all know we we don't have to paint that all i'm saying is this um with from chelsea's point of view if you're talking about um, is Hudson is it worth giving Hudson Odoi more money? I'm just saying, if you look at the alternative, what that means is bringing in another player, transfer fee. Also, that player has to be good, otherwise, why are you bringing them in? So you're also going to be wages, and then also amortization. So what I'm saying is, from Chelsea's point of view, either you can give this person a small pay rise, or you have to shell out millions and millions and millions. So when it comes from Chelsea's point of view. Of, I feel like it's a no-brainer for Chelsea to try and keep him because when you think about it, look at our attack. There's a lot of people that we want to sell. And the thing is with Chelsea, I think what, what people don't realise is you need more than just three main attackers. And so it will be so much easier from Chelsea's point of view. If I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, I'd want to keep Hudson-Odoi to be a rotational player. Whether Hudson-Odoi wants to stay or not, that's Hudson's decision. But from Chelsea's point of view, looking around the players, Pulisic doesn't want to stick around and be a rotational player. Um, and he's got two years left, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so for, for giving Hassan Adoy an extra 20 grand a week isn't really good. You know what I'm saying? It's actually a smart financial decision from Chelsea. All right. So let me say this. Let, let Timpson go. Let Timpson go and then Charles, you can come in. I definitely think the re-up for a Hudson Adoy contract would be um, more significant than um, twenty grand a week extra. But uh, let me just okay, throw so this perspective, so not even as a count, not even as a counter. Let me just okay, throw but, this perspective in. Okay, All right, you throw in, um, you give Hudson Adoy the whatever, yeah. whatever he wants, like fifty grand, fifty, sixty grand, whatever extra um, per week. Now you've got this academy player. You've saved on uh, amortization, all that transfer stuff. But you potentially run the risk of destabilizing um, the kind of um, harmony in terms of uh, the hierarchy and the wage structure within the academy players specifically, because wasn't um, when it comes to when it came to Tammy's negotiations, wasn't Hudson Hudson Adoy's contract a point of reference in regards to how much he wanted? But okay, if what you I'm give him that. And if you give him that money, knowing that knowing how we got the contract, obviously he got it how he got it. Um, you give him more, and you run the risk of potentially destabilizing the, um, the wage structure within okay, the academy. So, so, for instance, so we look at it. Hassan Adoy, what is he on hundred? Was he one hundred twenty? He's on yeah. one hundred and twenty thousand. Okay, so one hundred twenty thousand. Yeah, give him one hundred and one hundred and eight allegedly. If he hits all of his targets, appearances, it's on one hundred twenty thousand. Right, so that's like all that type of stuff. All in, it's one hundred twenty base, right? Um, so one hundred twenty base, and then they give him fifty more. So now he's on one hundred and seventy. Okay, um, and a Mason Mount is going to be like, I want to be on one hundred seventy two. Mason Mount pretty much plays every single game for Chelsea and he's the face of Chelsea. So if Mason Mount asks for that, then he should get that because again, he's a fundamental player. If you look at most of Chelsea's academy players that will ask for it, if Reese James is asking for big money, why shouldn't he be one of the leading players on like forget about academy. These are players that are fundamental for Chelsea anyway. So if you're saying that um, uh, a Trevor Chalabar is going to be asking for 180, et cetera, et cetera, like when it comes down to it, that's negotiation. Like Trevor, even Trevor isn't important. So a lot of these young players that you're talking about will ask for parity. 
they're even important to the team. So, but and 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 again, all of these players, if they don't, if you don't give them the money, they're still so much cheaper than everybody else. I'm giving Mount that money. If I don't give Mount that money, I'm gonna have to buy a whole new player for all of that. And then obviously the amortization. So what I'm saying, all of these young players, it makes them it makes sense to give them the, the money. For me, it does anyway. But I think we're getting sidetracked. We'll go to trills. Trills, I want to ask you about this. And this actually kind of ties in because yeah. I'm now I'm seeing, oh, at least we've got Gallagher, at least we've got RLC. How do you feel like this has kind of changed the landscape? Because before Chelsea, you know how Chelsea fans are, transfers. It feels like some people, it's almost like retail therapy. Do you know what I'm saying? They're like, I don't know. It's, it's less about the football. It's like always I'm seeing, let's buy this player. Let's buy. And I'm like, were you, were you actually enjoying the football? You're always just like, let's buy this player to fix this, etc. So I'm seeing people. Spoiled actually, kids. We're Roman spoiled kids, man. That's what I always say. Yeah. So talk to me on it. Like, uh, what, like do you um, think, yeah, go on. What's your opinion on it? So not even to go backwards, but in terms of the, the Cho situation, because it ties in. I, I don't think it's, it's a good idea to give him more money. And I don't think the club would, because I've watched how serious these guys are in negotiations. I mean, Rudiger was asking for 185 whilst being paid 100 grand right now. And the club was seriously saying, no, you know, we've got Kunde waiting in the wings. Now, it's the most important thing is, can we sign a cheaper replacement? The reports came out that Chelsea already iron Rafinha because it's looking like Leeds are going to get relegated and a deal could be cheap. You bring in someone like Rafina, you don't even have to pay him a high wage. He'll be happy with 50k. Moving on to the academy stars that are balling out week in, week out. These are players that love the club. That it doesn't matter what the future actually holds, whether we turn into a club who has to, you know, that works with a, a Liverpool-style model that has to rely on selling multiple players to bring in lots of income to then have more money in the transfer market. These are players that will do everything for the club. So... It, it will literally put us back to how we, how the fans were feeling when we was going into the season with a transfer ban, trusting in the youth. And to be honest, with the stars we have, I don't think it would it would affect us that much. Yeah. What, what I say is... Manager is the most important thing. And yeah. we yeah. know how the two shows. Yeah, I think with Rafinha, Rafinha is going to come in regardless of Hudson. So if, I feel like another... That's the thing. I, I feel like it's another player. When it comes down to it, the transfer fee for Rafinha alone, even if it's just 30, 50 million, that covers everything what we're talking about. More than that, mm. you know what I'm saying? But but yeah, let's not get too sidetracked. But we wanted to talk about the, I wanted to kind of touch on how, how the players are feeling. Um, mm. um, and obviously, one of the things, and look, this is I'm gonna talk about free, I'm talking about the, the network because I've seen this happen before, and I feel like, and this is just what this is just my learning from it. I don't even think it's necessarily just a Chelsea thing, I've just seen this happen a lot. But we all know the term ride or die in terms of you know what I'm saying. Are you going to mess with me just when I'm high or when I'm low? Are you going to disassociate? And I feel like with a lot of these sponsorship brands, it's almost like they're trying to kind of get, it's like they're trying to double up in terms of, okay, cool. We want to associate with Chelsea or just any entity. I'm going to sponsor you. And then if something happens, I'm going to come out and do PR and say, we're disassociating you. And that kind of makes them, that lifts them up to saying, Hey, we're taking the moral high ground. And the only reason why I want to mention that, and I'll get your kind of opinions on the whole free things, because apparently they, they didn't want us to play tonight with free on the shirt. That's how much they were really determined to kind of disassociate with us. Um, but so for me, I'm just feel like from now on, this is what people should do all over, not just football. I just feel like if this brand really wants to associate with my brand, then cool. 
pay me for it, but also I would put a clause in the contract saying, if you're going to disassociate, then you have to pay a fee. If, you, if you're going to come out and come out. So like when I'm negotiating, I'm saying, okay, cool. You really want to work with me. You really respect what I'm doing. as Because they knew Roman Abramovich was the owner and it like ties to Russia when they decided to come on board. So what I say is a lot of these people should start putting these clauses where if you come out after and say you're going to dis disassociate, if you want to disassociate, do it quietly. Don't do PR and try and double up by making my, uh, yourself look good by disassociating public. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on the whole free thing. Um, Tim, so what did you think when you saw that free were dropping their um, sponsorship or trying to drop their sponsorship for Chelsea? Um, yeah, obviously this is market. Uh, marketing is what I do for a living. So um, it was literally just brand protection. Um, you're distancing yourself from um, a, a partner with um, negative um, with negative news coming around it, and preserving the integrity of your brand at the same time. So I feel like it was very much one. It was very much kind of brand protection one on one. A lot of other brands are doing this. So um, compare the market have removed Sergey because he's Russian. Um, Don Mio even have removed uh, a long-standing marketing campaign called the Battle for Dinner Time, just mm -hmm. because it has context to war and battle and fights mm -hmm. and conflict. Um, so this move by three is very is very typical from a marketing perspective. I get so no, no kind of question though, because people when this was happening, most people weren't thinking about free. Do you know what I'm saying? So in terms of brand protection, most people weren't thinking about free, but they decided to insert themselves into the story and now people are thinking about free. That's mm -hmm. kind of my kind of cynical, but that's, that's and my also, take on it. Shemi, and, and, and also, also, I, I think it's also a thing of like, surely, okay, if you look at it from this perspective, yeah, if Abramovich gets um, sanctioned and obviously, okay, he's going to get sanctioned and he's going to tell the club whatever, surely that's a good thing in terms of um, if he's out of the equation, um, then obviously we don't, then, Technically, we no longer have those kind of ties, and then surely, as from a free point of view, um, it should be like, okay, that's cool now because obviously he's gone, um, it's fine. But like, you've kind of done it at a point whereby we're already at a low point. Like, things are only going to get kind of better if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Like, yeah. it's only going to go more positive. Like, in terms of if well, once the Ramovich um, stuff is sorted, then from there the club can move forward. So it's like, did you do you not see that angle? I don't really understand the time. It was a bit haste for me, and it was a bit image for me. It was sneaky, it was image. Trills, what were you going to say? Do you know what it was? It's the news. When they heard, oh, Chelsea frozen, Chelsea not allowed to sell any shirts, they said, hang on a second, we're giving you 40 million for this year. Whoa. And they can't get a refund. So they're thinking, like, depending on how long this lasts, the uncertainty around that, you know, someone's boss is asking them, hang on a second. You paid them 40 million and they're not even going to be able to sell one more shirt for the rest of the season. What's going on? That's that's a, yeah. to, to be fair, that's a good point. I, I forgot I forgot about the whole the merchandise thing because they've even closed the, the, the shop. So that's that's a good point, to be fair, yeah. That is a great point. That, I mean, it's a great point, but at the same time, broadcasting, we're still going to be broadcasted and free is still going to be on the... Do you know what I'm saying? They're not, they're not getting money for the shirts. It's just advertising. And you're still getting that advertising because Chelsea are still playing. You've got the stars still wearing your shirt. But I still, so like, I, yeah, that's a nice angle, Drills, but um, I still, for me, it's still snaky. All right, cool. I Look, I was just... And just um, sorry, Dan, let me just add, 
they haven't like completely cut ties. They've literally just suspended ties. Um, yeah, suspended. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. That, good to clear that up. Um, the Chelsea game, I can't really talk about it because um, I had a meeting during it. Um, so obviously Chelsea won three one, which is good because you know what? That would have just been too much to take on. On top of all of that, all day having to answer all your rivals and just hey. not understanding what's going on. <laughs> and I feel for the players because the players look. It's, I'm sure that everybody knows it's going to be difficult for them as well because now they're coming into the game with baggage. I don't understand. It was last the last game, well, not the last game, but when Roman came out and decided I'm going to give it to the charity foundation just before the game. It's like, can't why can't you let these people prepare? They're just trying to win football games. But but essentially, obviously, the game happened. We played Norwich. Um, it was three one. Was your head in the in the game today, or did you? Just couldn't focus on the game because of all of the bullshit, Shemi. Uh, to be honest, the first like twenty minutes, my head wasn't in the game. I, I, when we scored, we scored, the first two goals we scored, I barely reacted. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, credit to the players because they played as if nothing was going on. Yeah. Um, it didn't really look like anyone was phased. Um, guys like Jorginho Kovacic were just playing as if you know, just just a normal day at the office. Yeah. Um, they were they were so 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 good. Um, in terms of controlling midfield. Yeah. Um. Mason Mount um, was fantastic for, 30, for 45 minutes, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, generally, Chelsea, Chelsea did their business. Um, we didn't really come under much pressure. Obviously, not sure a poor side. Um, and we generally looked comfortable throughout the vast majority of the game. Um, in fact, all of the game, to be honest. Um, and Kai Havertz, um, again, was great. He's come into really, really good form. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his goal was really, really good. He's got a nice assist. He was holding up the ball really well, too. Um, he's just improving um, game by game at this point um, and really showing what he's about, which we, which we kind of knew already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, overall, comfortable performance. I think the only kind of negative was um, obviously Trevor. Um, he's, he's looking shaky. He's looking shaky over the past mm-hmm. month, couple months, I'd say. He's looking a bit shaky. I can't lie. Shall we have um, a Trevor obviously... conversation? Shall we have yeah, a... I, th- I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. Um, right, let's I rate Let's park. When you're young, you're you're gonna have that. Hey, Charles, Charles, wait, wait, let's park it. I just want to get Shimmy. You give me your roundup. Cool. Let's Timpson get your roundup of the game, and then we'll come to Trevor. Honestly, I can't really add too much. Chelsea kind of did what was required. Um, players showed you what they've shown us previously. Mm. Timo can't dribble. Kai is that guy. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, it was just more. It was just more of typical Chelsea. Um, that was that. All right, Trills, what was your thoughts on the game? Um, mature performance from the team, and you know, with everything going on, to be able to just go out there and actually play well was is a very good game. Okay. All right. Cool. You know, so one of the takes that I, I wanted to just what I noticed, and I wasn't even really, really focused on the game, but. When Kante came on, mm. I, I've seen this so many times with the Kante Jorginho pivot, which is why I like it. Because Kante always plays in front of Jorginho, and that means that Jorginho p- makes more vertical passes and he picks up these pockets, and it's it's just helpful because he's all over. And people, no one's gonna follow Kante around because you get tired, you know what I'm saying? And so the and then Jorginho will find you through the lines, he will, uh, no matter what people say about the sideways passes. And so as soon as the Kante came on. Uh, the ball kept coming to Kante in between the lines and he was popping off. And I feel like that, obviously, Kovacic was amazing. Kovacic, uh, uh, look, Babs, shout out Babs, but he loves the ops. Like, Babs, and here's the thing, do you know what we were talking about earlier when all the rivals are doing the doomsday scenarios? 
because Babs is a is almost like a Chelsea fan, but he feels like Babs too. Babs is doing doomsday scenarios too. Like it's funny, but um, what, I don't know why I brought up Babs, but yeah, I know Kovacic because uh, Babs mentioned yesterday when Neymar did a pass, like oh, who's doing that in the in the Chelsea team? But Kovacic was doing some fantastic passes from deep. He was dribbling past people, but also doing fantastic. So I, this is not shitting on Kovacic because he brings something different. But I just noticed with the uh, Jorginho Kante pivot, I like the way that it's almost like it's an anchor. Jorginho is the anchor, and then Kante spins on the anchor, finds good spots, and then I just I feel like it helps. Um, so yeah, yeah, the Kai goal was good, um, and that was one of my main takes. Obviously, Ruben off the sheet came played right wing uh, back, and um, how did you feel about? That. Charles, did I get your round of? Uh, I gave you. A, I got your round of game. So we'll come to Trevor. We'll come back to it. But how did you feel about uh, Ruben Loftus Cheeks? I think we've seen him twice now at right wing back. So Charles, we'll start with you. Ruben Loftus Cheeks performance at right wing back. Uh, he, he, his qualities are still the same. So you see, you see the same things. You know, you know, powerful running can get caught thinking he has too much time on the ball. Unfortunately, you know, maybe not the best awareness. Mm-hmm. as well which he should have seen as his favorite position is the dm role but you know i won't criticize him too much mm-hmm. as he's just come back from injury trying to you know get back into the game you know and especially with the the added pressure on this game as well with all the news i wouldn't really want to be too critical of him but at least he was competent that's, okay. how, that's how that's what i would say. okay uh what about you uh shemi honestly i thought it was fine um yeah, I thought it was fine. Like, we didn't notice him like in in a good way, as in like he wasn't doing anything that was terrible. But when he, and when he got the ball, um, like in the in the nearer the opposition final third, um, he was actually showing you know some dribbles and some one v one um ability, mm-hmm. um, and he was he was showing a willingness to kind of um contribute something um for a little bit of that second half. Um, yeah, I think it was fine. I don't. There was there was nothing. I have nothing negative to say about it. You want to see him there? Do you want you, 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 you wouldn't mind seeing him there more, or do you feel like actually don't? I don't want to see him there actually. Nah, yeah, I don't. I don't want to see him there. I can I can understand why Tuchel yeah. has put him there. Obviously, um, given his attributes and obviously given our injuries, mm-hmm. but um, I think honestly, truthfully, I think Aspiliqueta is, is is offering enough going forward and defensively to yeah. kind of um, play there when when James is injured. So. All right, Tim, what's your thoughts on RLC, right wing-back? Uh, just an emergency right wing-back. Needs must. Um, no Pulisic, no Hudson-Odoi. Uh, obviously, no no, no Reese. Um, just needs must, and he, and, he, and he did a job. So, fair play to him. Fair play. So, I was on Twitter the other days, and Pels, uh, Pelzik, I saw Pelzik was tweeting about Chelsea defenders, and I think they was asking for a rank. And then he talked about Gerhi. He talked about Trevor. He talked about Tamori. Maybe Cole was in there. Or I think it was just they were ranking Chelsea defenders. And I think both of these people in the conversation put Trevor last or towards the bottom. And I was like, for me, Trevor's like an amazing talent because he's got the physicality. He's got composure a lot of the times. Obviously, he scored the goal today too. Um, he's got the height. Um, we saw him against Luis Diaz and really and truly... A lot of people, I mean, it was like Marmite. Some people said he did well. Some people said that he didn't. But I feel like if there was someone with less pace, you know what I'm saying, they may have got ripped as much as Luis Diaz had a good game. He wasn't able to affect the game that much. Um, So for me, now the conversation is that, okay, Trevor is losing a bit of, like, when you look at Trevor, I remember some preseason, most people said 
oh, he looks like he's got mad experience and he doesn't make mistakes. Now, I remember he did make one mistake in preseason. And look, Thiago Silva, we've seen make two or three mistakes. You know what I'm saying? And Andreas Christian today, I saw him trying to make a, uh, a tackle and it was a poor tackle because even though he got first to it, he didn't really claim the ball. Defenders are going to make mistakes. And then in the conversation, because we were talking about Tomori, they said they put him last because Trevor's making mistakes. And I was like, but I remember Tomori in the first team and he was making mad mistakes. And I'm sure Gerhi is at Crystal Palace now, but if Gerhi's at Chelsea and the lights are on where they everyone can examine every single thing you do, then I'm sure you'll see Gerhi makes mistakes. So let's talk about Trevor and the mistakes he's making and what you kind of think. Do you think he's a real, because I think he's a top defender. We'll start with you, Trills. So what's your kind of take on Trevor? Um, I feel like he's learning. Right now he's in the learning stage. And when you're a young defender, you have to remember this is his first debut season. There's going to be mistakes you're going to make. And the key thing is, as long as you're not making too many and you're, you're improving, then we, we just have to stick with you. That's that's the one of the important things. I can't remember the, the exact Wenger quote, but he mentioned something about youth players. Like if you if you play a youth player, yeah, they may make uh, mistakes, but once they grow out of them, perfect. And with someone like Trevor, he's got the pace, he's got the defensive awareness. He makes key recovery tackles that I didn't even expect him to be doing in his first season. Mm. And he's got the confidence. It's only growing. So I feel like, especially under a great manager like Thomas Tuchel, the ceiling and depending on his defensive output and how hard he works for Thomas Tuchel he can really, really grow in something special. Yeah. Um, uh, let me come to Shemi next, because obviously, Timson, I'm going I'm to save you for last on this, but what, what's your thoughts on Trevor, the mistake maker? Yeah, ultimately, I agree. I think, I agree with what you were saying. I think to the, the to kind of, I know Ops have watched the two Liverpool games because they were like the, the brightest games that Trevor's played and seen the mistakes and they're probably attaching that label to him. And I think it's honestly a reach because, um up until up until now, Trevor's been near flawless. He's been he's been great for Chelsea um, oh, yeah. on that right side. Um, throughout the whole winter period, when we we're keeping clean sheets, he was he he played. He start he was starting and finishing yeah. the majority of those games and yeah. was absolutely flawless. Yeah. Um, and you can see you can see this is the benefit of having um, someone that's played that plays in midfield because um, so, obviously he played in midfield um, mm-hmm. at his previous club um, on loan. Oh, I can't remember the club. Lorient. Who was it? Lorian, yeah, I thought it was Lorian, but I thought it was wrong. Um, and, and I think obviously Timson will confirm later. DM is his natural position, and you can really see it when he brings up the ball. Um, he's so comfortable, the, like the control, the composure, it's, it's all there, and he's got the ability to drive with it. So yeah, ultimately he's been great up until now. And as 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 Charles said, um, he's a young defender and he's learning. And these patches always come. I remember Reese James's first season on the Lampard. Yeah. You know, as great as he was, he had a couple games where it's like mm, James, like you got to learn there. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, it's the same thing with Christensen. When Christensen was developing um, under Maurizio Sarri um, and Antonio Conte, he had games such as Barcelona whereby he made big mistakes, high-profile mistakes. Now Christensen, he's almost near flawless now. He doesn't really make mistakes no more. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, as Charles said, um, it's a, it always happens with young defenders. He'll, he'll no, learn. And, yeah. I saw, so, just uh, before I come to Simpson, I agree. I feel like we were on top form when Trevor was playing. And then one of the reasons why we lost our form was Trevor was out. And I think obviously we're in good form again. And I think he's been part of that. Um, I've said it before, but we're talking about someone that's tall, that's got the pace, that's got the composure, that can pass. Again, we can see it again, score, scores goals. So for me, it's like a really, like for me, it's, 
Um, and yeah, I didn't get this from you, but out of all of those defenders, do you rate Tomori higher and all of that? So I'll get that from you. But what I was going to say is, um, I even forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> Let me come to you, uh, Timson, and I'll try and remember. What's your thoughts on Trevor? Um, for those of you that know, um, I've been a Trevor fan um, for ages. Uh, if you asked him when he when the deal was announced that he was going on loan to Lorient, he was one of those players who uh, was on loan for was on loan, but nobody really saw that potential pathway to the first team for him specifically. Um, he's done well at Lorient and impressed Tuchel. Well, whilst Tuchel was still at um, was still at PSG um, playing in midfield against them, and um, ever since he came into the first team, he just he's taken every opportunity and literally had to be flawless and somehow managed to be flawless till, he, till his kind of position in the first team was um, assured. Now he's someone that you see him start a Carabao Cup final, a Super League, a Super Cup final um, and any other big game. And you're not really worried because he's shown that he can handle and he can, he can rock with the big boys. But um, yeah, what we what a lot of people are now understanding is that even though he's put out those dis, those those impressive displays, he is still a young he is still a, a young flawless. defender, and he's not flawless. No, and he's not flawless. Um, and um, when I've had those conversations with him, basically, um, Shemi's kind of said like DM is his best position. He's told me personally that um, every manager since he's been on loan. We're talking about his first loan to Ipswich, which is where um, kind of he, I started paying attention when he went out on loan. Um, every defense, similar to uh, Gianfranco Zola and his bro and his older brother Nathaniel, because um, Nathaniel Chalaba was a centre back by trade initially at Watford when he was like a teenager, and Gianfranco Zola said to him, "You're too good on the ball." to be wasted at centre-back. And the similar thing has happened to Trev in the three years that he was on loan. Um, like every manager has told him he can have more of an impact in the game in midfield. It's only Tuchel now that's kind of played him in the position that he wants to play because uh, whilst he's accepted managers who said um, the thing about him having more impact in midfield, he still feels like he needs to master, um, he, he wants to master the art of being a centre-back. Mm. And you can, and that just kind of has shown itself more recently um, that he hasn't mastered the art of being a centre-back because that would just be like his physical capabilities now with the experience and the, and, and the football and the football thinking of Thiago Silva, which just sounds ridiculous um so yeah he's just so he's still master he's still learning his trade at center back and he hasn't completely mastered the art of defending um in that center back position but um given time and the experience um it's 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 almost an inevitability so i am glad we have this opportunity to let him play through these mistakes i think um he learns from them and he doesn't really make the same mistakes over and over again which is positive and what I'd say is, I remember my point, and my point was that Trevor actually probably like two years younger than Christensen, two or three, because don't forget, Trevor is similar age to Mount, right? So I think Trevor should be like 23 now. And so it's still a young defender, I'm not saying, but but then again, we don't necessarily talk about Christensen. And don't forget, Trevor's been playing too. And one of the things we've said since coming in is like, rah, like, for, like maybe because people kind of had the aura that he was 18, but 
really and truly he's coming and he's looked established and hasn't looked out of place. And what I'd say is where a lot of people say Young's make mistakes, listen, older defenders make mistakes too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when it comes down to it, for me generally, I think we're a bad team. With, like for me, he's my starting choice in terms of that three at the back with him at the right. And in a Tuchel team, when you're playing, like with Rudiger, we never saw Rudiger step into midfield as much um, under any other manager compared to... I know with Sarri, we kind of played like really high up in those definitely, but they kind of stood back. And so like when Trevor's playing this right centre-back position, he's stepping into midfield anyway. He's still We're still getting the midfield trap chalabar, but we're just getting like uh, the defensive side as well. Um, cool. I don't know if anyone else wants to add on that, but... I think we let's just finish up with Kai. It doesn't even have to be long. It doesn't even have to be long. But obviously he scored today and I think people liked his general performance. Shebi, I want to come to you because I know um, earlier in the season, uh, we was having a debate of kind of the whole Kai thing. But with, with, Lukaku, with Lukaku now, and obviously we might not be able to sell him. So what is the way to go? And I just want to go through um, the, 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 all the cast. What is the way to go now? Do we just stick with Kai as the number nine, um, as the main number nine anyway? Or do you feel like actually this is maybe a purple patch of form and we'll probably need Lukaku later on? I think you stick with Kai. Um, I think it's, it's clearly, it's just so night and day, um, the difference between the two in terms of from an individual level and from a team perspective as well. Um I think Kai is he's busy, movement is really good, um, and his link up in terms of his touch and everything it's just it's just of a, of a very clean level and a very good level. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's showing that he can actually score too. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he needs to get his stats up for sure to fully beat the allegations and to fully convince everybody that he's the man to kind of take us forward long term. But I think mm-hmm. from a, from a, from an ability point of view, mm-hmm. I think he's shown in more than enough games. Like Ops are very lazy with their analysis in it, mm-hmm. but Kai has shown in a lot of games, um, to uh, big games too, because people forget that um, when people look back at our Champions League run, obviously like Mason Mount was very good, well. and obviously obviously Kai scored the winner in the final, but he also had a, he had an absolutely brilliant game outside of the goal against yeah. City and against Real Madrid too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's been there's been there's more than enough evidence for his ability. Um, but yeah, as long as he keeps putting up the numbers, he will keep silencing people and he will keep showing why he should be put up top. But if we're talking from a from an ability point of view, it's night and day that Kai should be the guy we go for. Timpson, yeah. I'm going to come to you quickly because essentially this has been happening for three seasons now, where it feels like Kai Havertz, to be fair, I think he had a good start. Even if it wasn't a good start numbers-wise, I think he had a good start to the season, then he had a dip. Then I think he had another purple patch. Um, that's when Lukaku was out and I actually thought he was playing well but I know a lot of people was I think he got like three and seven that wasn't enough for people I was like right it's three and seven but I think it was just one in the Premier League so that kind of really got people uneasy but he did still score in those games that was in the Champions League etc but yeah so I think he had another purple patch and then I can't remember what happened in this last thing but then it dipped again and then now he's back in the team and now he's scoring so my kind of thing to you is are you worried about this kind of whole half a season Kai thing where he's just showing up in the second half of the season? No, I'm not worried. Um, he's improving season on season and um, in terms of how how quickly he's found his feet has improved the intervals between that. Um, 
there has been kind of injuries and other things that have hindered his kind of um, season on season progression at, um, from the start. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he's clearly improving season on season. So as long as that, that remains the case, I've got no issues. In regards to um, is he the guy we should persist with going forward, um, I'll raise my hand and say, do you know what, I thought Lukaku should have come on like for at least on the hour mark, to be honest. Not because anything Kai was doing, just because the opposition and just the opportunity to give uh, Kai a rest. But um, I'm glad he didn't and he scored a really good goal. And he just reaffirmed what I've seen recently um, in regards to um, what he offers that Lukaku doesn't. Uh, Obviously, um, consistent and solid pressing. um, A link-up play and understanding with the rest of the attackers um, behind and around him that Lukaku just doesn't. Some of the football he was playing with um, Mason Mount was just ludicrous. Like it was just, it it was, it was just sublime. It was just sublime to watch. And you can't imagine um, that kind of, um, that kind of football choreography off the cuff kind of with Lukaku instead of Kai Kai happening. So um, he gives, he he gives us just, he's just got better chemistry with the, with the other attackers in the front three. He, um, he's clearly in better goal scoring form, which is kind of what Lukaku was brought in to do. And um, in general, he's just um, obviously his upside and his value to the club is, is significantly higher when you take into account um, his age and profile. Yeah, sorry. sorry, quickly, let me, let me just put in there quickly. So on the improvements, um, stats-wise, um, obviously we got more for him, but um, the whole last season, he ended on nine goals, nine assists. Um, now he's already on 10 goals, five assists, um, and he's he's roughly one in three right now. So it's a clear improvement. And obviously we still got um, loads of games left. So yeah, it's definitely a clear improvement mm-hmm. on, on the stats side. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. You can argue that this season he's played up front a lot more as well. So maybe he should be scoring more. But what I was going to say to you, Timpson, as well, is you was for Lukaku over Kai starting before now. But now you're saying you've completely switched and essentially you're not necessarily, you don't want to see Lukaku as the first choice striker anymore. Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying right now, um, what Kai gives you is far more valuable than um, what Lukaku can give you. Fair enough, fair enough. So, Trills, we don't even, we haven't really got the backlog and the historical perspective of your opinion with Kai. So, I'm just going to open the floor and I'm let you finish because I'm tired and it's been a long day. So, just what's your thoughts on Kai, man? Paul, Kai Havertz, I've, I've always loved him. When we were linked with him, I was watching his highlights. I was saying, oh, people were, you know how Ops are talking, Bundesliga attacks. I saw the talent. When we signed him, I knew what was going on. You come into the, the English Premier League. So many notorious strikers have struggled. You know, there's the, the, there's a minute amount that have hit the ground running. So those ones you have to applaud. But for someone coming into the Premier League at 21, getting played CDM by Frank Lampard at number eight, and then all of a sudden getting played false nine and then winger, having to adapt to the physicality, I just knew under the right coach, we will start to see improvements. So then comes in Thomas Tuchel. Thomas Tuchel says in press conferences, you know, the guy needs to build up his physicality. Cue the Real Madrid game. The way this guy was trying to wait Sergio Ramos. Dangerous guy, you know. I was thinking, whoa, chill out, man. This guy's a big vet, but he was hungry. He wanted it. I said, you know what? I'm going to start investing my stocks. Since then, 
it's been easy to see that this guy wants to work hard and wants to keep on improving. There's little, little things that he's doing that's making me say, you know what, I, I, I can see why, why I want you. Today's, today's game, I'm going to talk about today's game and then go on to Lukaku. Today's game, there were so many moments where I thought, if this was Lukaku, you're not doing this. Throw a long ball up to Kai Havertz. He'll control it. He'll pass it back to someone in adequate space that can then do something tangible with the ball. That is something that you can't always get with Lukaku because he's not that technical. With Kai Havertz, our football always looks more fluid with him in our front three if he's playing as the striker. So if you have Mount Ziyech, Mount Pulisic, we're going to look so fluid because he can play across the whole front three. When, that's why I feel sorry for Lukaku because I wouldn't blame someone who would have thought, yeah, sign Lukaku, we need someone to score 30 goals. I wouldn't blame them because, you know, that's what he should be doing. And if we had key personnel in there and, you know, certain things didn't happen, i.e., you know, the interview and, you know, fullbacks getting injured because before that all those things happened, he was putting in the graft, he was getting into the right places and, and scoring goals, he would be effective. But in this current XI and the players and the formation and the tactics, it doesn't suit him. We need the fluid ball movement. We need people that are going to run when someone hoofs it long into space. We need people that can float across the front three. Today, I saw Mount right wing, up front, left wing. I saw one left wing, up front, right wing. I saw all of them press. I saw all of them keep moving. When Lukaku's up top, he won't do that. He may drop into uh, uh, he may drop deep to act as if he's pressing, but he's not pressing. So it was clear to me that Kai Havertz needs to start. Me being honest, I don't want us to spend 100 million on Lukaku. I, I was one of the people that always calls it out for the young Gs when it's time for them to get their chance. I will always be the first person to scream. And I always get loads of, of people just cussing, saying, oh, you don't know a ball. I called it with Reese James. I said he needs to start in his first season. People say, nah, it's too early. Then what happened? Now he's here. I called for Manson to stay and not to go on loan and for Alonso to be sold. We can't, Obviously, we can't fact check it. So we don't want to hear no more. Yeah. But I, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe you. But I think that's a nice way to wrap up because um, I, I agree with a lot what you said on Kai. Um, and number one, I'm tired. <laughs> but Timson, <laughs> Shemi, and Trills, um, good debut from you, Trills. Shemi, um, always a pleasure. Timpson, always a pleasure. It's been another Chessie Hour. Craziest day in Chessie history. Um, thanks for watching us. We'll see you next The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. European champions. When I shot my shot, but I didn't have got so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it Sports Social Podcast Network.